This morning's sermon is titled Christmas. Yes, yeah, Christmas, because it's nearly here. Has anyone noticed? Well, are we all ready? Yeah. Oh, okay. It's a bit boring, isn't it? He's got so much excitement that, you know, that I need to calm you down. We are ready. We've got to be ready. And people will be running around the next couple of days going crazy and, and the shops will empty of things and everybody's going nuts and they're, and they're all stocking up because, you know, we're all going to starve to death over Christmas. Amen? Amen. Christmas is a, a really wide specter, spectrum of, 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 of feelings, though, and, and, and attitudes. It's, it's not all what Christmas is made out to be. You think about it from the families getting together, where all the family gets together and, and, they, and they're eating and drinking, having fun, they've got activities, and everyone's trying to have a good time. To the people who have got no one, who are sitting at home, have to spend Christmas alone, and perhaps spending that Christmas in total sadness and despair. We don't see that, because we're blessed. But there are people who will have sadness this Christmas, even within all the fun, because of things that have happened and things that are going to come. It's so different for everyone. Yet, we tell our children all about Santa. Oh, yes, we do. Popping down the chimney. Even when they don't have one. And, and a sledge. A big sled that drops onto the roof. Even if you haven't got a roof and you live in a flat. And, but we still do it, don't we? Full of presents for all the children in the world. So we know it's a big sledge, don't we? His reindeers. Who have a carrot at every house. Santa has a mince pie and a drink. He'd better watch out for the Santa police. No wonder he looks a little rotund if he has a pie everywhere he goes. The world has made it a secular festivity. A time of drinking, and you all know what type of drinking I'm talking about. Parties. And the Bible will call those parties revelry. They're not just a party of drinking, which is being sober and all that. We know what happens because most of us have been there. A lot of people become out of control this Christmas. And that is the control of not God. Feasting is going to happen. Because that's what we have with festivals and everything. Everyone over the world, no matter what a festival it is, they feast, they have eaten, you know, and I like food. And guess what? Most human beings like food. And one of the amazing things I've noticed is how much we consume at Christmas. Yeah? And some of us even get full up and still eat. And part of the celebrations today is definitely giving presents. My, my, how the marketing world loves Christmas. We've, Linda and I have been watching ITV because we got fed up with BBC, the news. So we've actually seen some more adverts. And the adverts, I could not believe it. Every other advert is about perfume. 
And so the perfume, all these perfumes, and all, all, all what they show is just these beautiful, half-dressed women. And it's for perfume. What's that got to do with it? People have perfume whether they look like that or not, but that's what sells. So the marketing world is just enticing people to spend, spend, and spend. Some businesses only survive because of Christmas. That's where they do all their work. But the downside of Christmas is, is the arguments, is the violence, is the immorality, it's the forgetting to, to love and all those, it's the fights, it's the jealousy, it's the envy and the hatred and all those other emotions and happenings because of not joy and peace, because of what somebody is trying to do. And of course, the aftermath of Christmas is a disaster for most people. Debt. Debt and the problems that Christmas has created. Debt has multiplied every single year for the last 50 years after Christmas. As people use credit to give presents to show their so-called love, care and respect for one another. But you know, as Christians, and me as a Christian, I would rather have a person show that love, care and respect just in a loving and caring way. That would be a great world if we all did that at Christmas. Just show people love and not just a present. Christmas, where did it come from? Where did Christmas come from? Well, I've done some research and I've got 15 pages now to tell you where Christmas came from. So I'm going to paraphrase it as I go along. So don't worry, Alan, you'll be home in time for the new year. <laughs> the first recorded date of Christmas being celebrated on December the 25th was during the year of 336. So the pagans already started to change it then. Um, why do I know it's a pagan? Because it was started by the Roman Emperor Constantine. He was the first Christian Roman Empire and he was trying to meld the church and state together even at that time. So why? Not because of Christ, because of control. So he made this mass on Christ's day. And, the, and, and, and it tells us that we in, in, in England began to, to, to make Christmas Christ's day in the 900s. So we followed quite a bit of time after that. And it, it means the Mass on Christ's day. But the precise origin of assigning 20, uh, December the 25th as the birth date of Jesus is totally wrong. But that doesn't matter. That doesn't matter to us Christians because all we're doing is having a Christ's Mass in remembering that this day we are celebrating the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ. But we know that one of the things that it was, it, it, we call it Jesus' birthday, and people say, happy birthday, Jesus, and all that. But that's the world coming into Christ Mass. And it's, it, it, and it's, it's, got, it's got totally devoid 
of Christian elements. Even this country has tried to stop it being called Christmas and called Winter Celebration and Winter Yule and all the rest of it. But that's what it was called. It was it, Our pagan worship on this day was the, the winter solstice. Linda told me two days ago it was the shortest day of the year, or three, it doesn't matter, just whatever it is, the winter solstice. And of course, all the pagans would then worship the sun god on the winter solstice, as well as, well as the pagans today go down to Stonehenge, 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 and do their worship stuff for the summer solstice. So you can see that mix of the pagan world and how some Christians have, have changed it and do all the necessary things that man has called Christmas. But since the, since the ninth century, um, it was celebrated with a specific liturgy by the Roman Catholic Church. So that's where it started. And of course, when we had the Reformation, the Protestants took, you know, took from the Roman Catholic Church some of these festivals. Some of them are great, but they did exactly the same, um, holding Christmas candlelight services late on December the 24th. And that happens in the Protestant Church today. The Church of England do that. Whereas the Catholic Church will celebrate the first Christmas Mass at midnight. That's man's tradition, putting some holy, some liturgy, some, some lovely ritual to make everyone think this is it. And of course, it isn't. And of course, they've added absolutely hundreds of things to it. You know, the, um, what, what's that one? The Kiri Elison and all those, those songs to make it Gloria and all those Catholics, you know, that did that just to make it this special occasion. But man's tradition. Amen. But guess what? It is about feasting. That's the most amazing, because, because in the Old Testament, every festival God made an ordinance for the Jews to, to do, after they'd done their fasting, after they'd done their unleavened, like the Feast of the Unleavened Bread and Passover, after they'd done all of that, they, they celebrated. Because everything they did was a celebration of what God had done. So it was quite amazing that, you know, that we should feast. So don't, don't feel so guilty now. Uh, don't feel so guilty now that we should feast. And I felt much better, David, when I read, you know, like, like on the day of Pentecost when Jesus preached, and, you know, and he said, whoever thirsts, feasts, whoever, um, whoever thirsts, come unto me, you know, and I, and, and, I, and I shall fill him, like, you know, but they were feasting. They were drinking and eating for three days. But it wouldn't be the revelry. They wouldn't be drunk and be out of control, and you know, and, and, and also because it was the Jews that had made sure all the poor were well fed. Isn't that beautiful? So the feasting and, and, and drinking w w w was wonderful. And it, and it, it actually re refers to, the, the, you know, when he says festival, it comes from the word festal, which, which actually means to, to sacrifice something and it's quite fascinating. Isn't it? Don't start sacrificing any people, though. 
It's Christmas, love and joy. It's important, and so that's what they did. And so, of course, the Jews had these annual feasts all the time. And so it was so important that every special uh, assembly they had, they would have a feast. So they would even eat every week and have a little eat together to, to, to when, they've, when they've, everything they've done, if you think about it, every time they sinned then they gave, they, they, they gave the offering, the priest would have some as part of their payment and eat it. So eating and feasting, is, it, it, it's okay. But we, we have got to have our feast to the Lord. Not just to, to have this Christmas time. And it is so important, you know. I, I, the more I read this, the more I realised that when we, used to, when we used to have communion of, of, of Christmas morning, and, you know, and everybody was going, oh, what we having communion for? Like, you know, it's Christmas. Well, I didn't know all this then. But now I've read it, I believe that we all should have a communion on Christmas Day. You don't need a priest. You don't need a pastor. You can hold your own uh, communion. You know the scriptures, and you know what we have to do. So I, you know that when I tell John when I've read all, Jonathan, he probably knows it anyhow. We, we will have communion on, on Christmas morning, four o'clock. We've got to get, we've got to, we've got to put the turkey in. And, you know. So hallelujah. So it's important. But you know, one of the most amazing things is the story. Even these songs that we're singing, you know, shepherds in the, shepherds in the sky. Angels in the sky to the shepherds, you know, and, and all, they're going there and the star and everything. Well, you know, what we've got to remember that the story they're telling is actually right. All these songs they're telling is actually right, but the emphasis is totally wrong. And I'm going to read you the story and I'm going to emphasise what the most amazing birth this actually, this actually is. We've got to remember that there was 400 years of silence in the Jewish nation from the last book, Ted, was Malachi. And there was 400 years of silence until, until the, the spirit began to move upon this earth again. They heard nothing from God for 400 years. But we've got to remember all the prophecies that were given to the Israelis, no matter where they'd been, no matter what they'd done. And you've got to remember the history of Israel. God chose the nation. He chose the nation. He wanted a special nation that he could, he could develop and, and learn and teach and show, show, show them how wonderful this God is. And so that's why they started in captivity and were brought out of captivity to show the power and the might of God. So the Israelis would go, wow, this is an incredible God. I mean, let's be fair, if we were all in captivity, then, then, then one night, you know, he told us what we've got to do. We all went and done it. And everyone, all the children in, in, in England, you know, died. The first child and, and ours didn't. I tell you what, we would, have a, we would have a bit of a shock, wouldn't we? That God has chosen us, that that judgment would not be upon us. Isn't that amazing? And so that, so it's looking at it on a spiritual side rather than on the natural side. And of course we know for full well, God then performed many miracles with the Jews. But what happened? Unbelief 
came. And the people moaned and complained. They never were satisfied. And yet, after 40 years in the wilderness, that was what they had to do to get rid of the generation of unbelievers, the unfaithful, the moaners out of that nation. So we could start again with the youngsters that were there. And no matter what happened, you know they wore the same clothes and shoes for 40 years. You know, they, they come on. Our clothes wear out in a flash. Yep. And 40 years. Wouldn't that just be incredible in our heads? It doesn't fit. It doesn't fit in our heads today. Manna from heaven. Nowhere to eat, and he sends it down. And people say, oh, you know, what is the manna from heaven? You know, and the Bible tries to explain it, but we, he can't explain it. How can we explain these, these wafers falling down on the floor, and you gained enough that would sustain you every day for 40 years? I mean, this is stuff that's, that's like fantasy. But, you know, this is why we have to read this Bible with open eyes to say, my God, this is real. This is not a story. This is real. This is a factual history of the, of the, of the Jewish nation. And so all those things and all the things they prophesied, all the prophets that came and said, listen, if you do not change your mind and speech, I will punish you. Oh, what did they do? Anything you like except follow God. Those who followed God was blessed. Those, those, kings in, 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 those kings when they had kings, whoever followed God, the nation was blessed. They had peace and were, and were blessed with whatever they needed. But when the nations didn't follow him, guess what? War after war and battles and pestilence and everything else. Well, we're not going to have all that, I don't think. But we're not going to be blessed. It's exactly the same today. If you want, you want something from God, the, in the Old Testament said, it says sacrifice, obedience is better than sacrifice. So when we think we're sacrificing our time to come to church, guess what? You got wrong thinking. It's a blessing. It's a blessing, the obedience of coming to church and coming to Bible study, to study, to read your Bible and to pray and to witness is our blessing. You know, we pray, you know, God let us witness. It's not just about praying. It's about doing. When we do, God comes with us. It's exactly as in the Old Testament. When they did right, they seen the miracles of God. They seen blessings. They seen massive harvests. They seen their enemies destroyed. And enemies destroyed not by fire and brimstone, just by 80,000 or 100,000. They woke up the next day, they were all dead. The Lord had gone before them because they were obedient. Spiritually, we need that today. Spiritually, we need that today to understand we're battling. Every one of you have got a battle. I don't care who you are. You've got a battle still with your past, even though you've been forgiven. You've got a battle in your own mind every day, even though God said, I will transform you by the renewing of your mind. 
This is the spiritual stuff. And this, you know, and every time I look at it and I look at what this day means, this is the beginning. This is a miracle day. This, that's how we should see it. It's, it's incredible. It's, it's the fulcrum of the change of the whole world when Jesus Christ was born. But you know, he, he told us it was coming. Scripture after scripture. We've sung one this morning. We sung this song, you know, and it was Isaiah 9, chapter 6. Chapter 9, verse 6, it starts. Unto us a son was given. Unto us a child was born. And they, we, shall, we shall, let's read it. I'm going to read it. Praise God. It's much later on in the sermon, but I'm going to, I'm going to find it. Isaiah chapter 9, verses 6 and 7. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulder, and his name will be called. His name will be called. So we're calling his name. His name is? No, his name is Jesus. And his name shall be called. So this is what is, this is what he is. Wonderful. Counselor. Mighty God, everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, that who was born on this Christmas day, not just a child, he becomes the mighty God, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace, the Counselor. He's wonderful. He is the Almighty God, manifest in the body of a man he called Jesus Christ. Isn't that amazing? You know, and, and that's what it is. These people know, so this is Isaiah. This is, this is I don't know, 1,000 years before. And he's giving, he's giving this message 1,000 years before. Let's do Ezekiel. So I will give you a new heart. This is his promise for the future. And put a new spirit within you. I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and you will keep my judgments and do them. Yet again, from, from thousands of years ago, he'd give Ezekiel the look that there's going to be a day. That God just won't visit his people. God will live with his people. He'll dwell with them. And everyone will have the opportunity to be filled with God's spirit. And to be joined with him for eternity. It's not just for this life. It's for eternity. And by being joined with Christ and following him. And letting the spirit work within us. We become those children of God that he promises us to be. This is the story of Christmas. When our Jesus was born. And listen, Jesus used this scripture years later when he started his ministry. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of the sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Isn't it marvellous? Isn't it marvellous? He, he promised this thousands of years ago. For who? For us. Right now. 
this day, it's, it's just amazing. It's, it's, it's not a story. It's not, it's not a process that, that, you know, that we can just follow A, B, C, D and we're there. It's about us. It's about us re- receiving what he's got for us. It's about us believing. It's about our faith being built up. It's about us following what he says. It's about us studying the Bible. It's about us coming together. You know, I spent a glorious, glorious time with, with Jonathan, my son-in-law, on Thursday. It's been really busy and I won't bore you with it but you know we had we had a bit of time on the Thursday and Linda and Louise you know went and did the festival shopping hallelujah um, you, you know marketing attacked them and they just drew them away for a moment you know the, the you know I always said years ago you know I said oh, God, these, you know the devil copies God so where we get a prince of peace I'm sure there's a prince of marketing Amen. He just traps. Traps mainly the women first, but don't worry, men. Men are catching up now. They're catching up now these days. The, mark, the Spirit's got them as well. So it's important that we realise that that Spirit, when it comes upon us, He's anointed us. And no matter who you are, whatever you say, never say never. Never say, I can't. Never say, I won't. Because that's a lack of faith in God. I know for four... Look look at Linda. Everyone has known Linda for years. And she's always said, oh, I won't knock on the door. That's not for me. I won't do this and I won't do that. I love it. I love the I won't from my wife. When I first became a Christian and come back to her, a born-again Christian, and come back to her and explain to her what had happened, she'd give me seven. I won't. And I went back and I said, Thank you, Father. Thank you. Because I know how she gained the faith. She will. And when the seventh one came, I told her. I said, I wrote those seven things down that you said you won't do. And I prayed to the Lord. I said, Father, she just doesn't understand yet, Lord. So when you teach her, she will. Amen. And she did. So when she said she won't, one day, she took a long time, but that's up to God. It's not up to Mark, it's not up to us, that's up to God. And it's the relationship Linda now has with God, which is a bit, a bit stronger. She wasn't weak, don't, don't, don't get me wrong. But it's stronger, because now she's not bothered about doing it. You've seen her, you've seen her stand up here last week, no nerves, nothing. Amazing. And that's just my wife. What an amazing wife I've got. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. The brains of the family. Hallelujah. Okay, David. Hallelujah. See, let's forget that. So, it's important. It's important. 400 years. And then all of a sudden, this spirit starts to move. And we've done this. We've done this. When you come to the course, the truth revealed, Ted, you'll get all these scriptures. They are amazing. It just, just changes this. Changes our look completely. Okay, so child, here we come. Let's come bang it up, up, to the, up to the New Testament, shall we? You know, and we know God began to move. God began to move. Jesus, Jesus was born. And, that, and this is the part that he starts with. Right back in Matthew and, and Luke, both of those start, you know, genealogy with, um, with Matthew um, and Luke starts with just straight into all about Jesus being born. Luke 1, 26, 38. It, this is Christ's birth, that it was coming, was announced to Mary. 
Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel. So she didn't have an ordinary angel, did she? She had the archangel Gabriel of the messenger angels. Part of God's executive team. Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favoured one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. Can you imagine this? Just start looking at it. You know, an archangel popping over to see you. Pretty amazing, isn't it? And then, and then saying, ladies, and then saying to you, rejoice, highly favoured one, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. Hey, listen to this. You are blessed. You are highly favoured of God. He called you and you've answered. Amen. But when she saw him, she was troubled. And I've told you this, when an angel appears before you, I promise you, your first thing won't be, oh, glory, glory, hallelujah. You probably shout, shout one name. Oh, Jesus, what's this? Amen. Well, that's okay. It's just something strange. But when you see them, then you'll know they're real. She was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. What's going on? The angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favour with God. Isn't that incredible? It's the same favour he promises us. Isn't that wonderful? He wants to make, give us favour from him. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son. And of course, you call his name Jesus. He will be great. And he will be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. Isn't that amazing? What do you think she thought? Yeah, no. It's like me trying to preach to somebody that knows nothing about Jesus. And I tell them all these wonderful things. They look at me as though I've gone crazy. And Mary said to the angel, how can this be, since I do not know a man? And not know a man means the carnal act, where, where babies come from. And the angels answered her and said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is now the sixth month for her who was called barren. For with God, nothing is impossible. Isn't that amazing? How God had made all these things happen, that the Spirit. So you see, Elizabeth was already pregnant. And Zacharias and Elizabeth were of an old age. Yet again, it was another one of these miracles 
that John the Baptist was born. You know, and all the way through that, there's still these incredible miracles that happen. That, 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 that when, when Elizabeth knew, you know, and, and Zacharias knew, and Zacharias was a priest, and he went into the temple, you know, and, and as, as, as John the Baptist was born, they didn't know what to name him. And they was all saying, well, what, what are you going to name him? And, and, and God had made Zacharias dumb. So he couldn't speak. And as he wrote on a slate, call him John, because an angel said, you shall call him John. And that was, was wrong in, in, in Israeli tradition. They should have a name of one of the, of the forefathers. That's how they, they perpetuated the name. As soon as he wrote the name, his mouth opened and he began to praise God. And, and the Spirit filled him. This is... Christmas. This is all about this Christmas time. This is all these things that we've got to remember. Christmas, celebrating Christ. This is beautiful. Mary must have been a must have been a great believer in God, because she said, "Behold, the maidservant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word." And the angel departed. Isn't that beautiful? You know, shouldn't we pray like that? Shouldn't we be saying every day, let it be unto me according to your word. So as soon as we start living in the word, let, guess what? You can pray every day. Father, let it be to me according to your word. We give his word out. He gives his word we give his love out. He gives his love. We give faith out. He gives faith. We give gentleness. He gives gentleness. Here we give patience. He gives patience. We give self-control. Trying to teach people self-control. Guess what? He gives it us back. Be unto me as it is unto your word. Isn't it beautiful? Isn't it beautiful? Now... Matthew 1, 18, 2, 6. Let's go, to the, let's go to the birth. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, so don't forget, betrothed. Betrothed means they was engaged. But engaged in those days meant legally that we're going to be married. No, no, let's get engaged and pack it in because we didn't like each other. Once you've been betrothed, that means it was legal that you will get married. So betrothal meant that's it. You're bound. So because he'd asked her to marry, that was, that was it. They were getting married no matter what happens. Before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, so he's a good man, and not wanting to make her a public example... Oh, hold on a moment. She's having a child out of wedlock. Let us stone her to death. You got it? So not just, you know, like we say today, oh, it doesn't matter today. It doesn't matter if you live together. It doesn't matter what happens. My, my, she would have been stoned to death. So good chap was minded to put her away secretly. You know, let's get her out of the way until it's gone, until it's happened. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary, your wife, 
For that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. I mean, what is he thinking now? What? You know, what would we say today? Excuse me, what about me, God? This is my wife. It's the difference, isn't it? It's just the difference of being in that faith, being, have, have, have Joseph and, and Mary having these scriptures, giving them every single week, every single day, because their parents would have, been, would have been Jews. And that means every single day they would have been teaching the scriptures to them. Every day. And, the, you know, and so they would they'd have started off with the Shema. And the Shema is, is that, is that, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and you shall worship him in spirit and in truth, and with strength and with your mind, with everything. That's what they teach their children first. What do we teach us? Mm, hallelujah. It's important, isn't it? You could see why they had the strength. And yet, they still went against God. Amazing, isn't it? And you should call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. And we know why. Jesus means God saves. Isn't that fascinating? So they knew that this Jesus was God in the flesh. God saves, not Jesus. He is the man filled with the power of God. And he will save his people from their sins. So all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold. So this again, this is going to be any, any, anywhere between, between 400 and 1900 years, or 1500 year period when all these prophets were, were prophesying. Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son. And they shall call his name Emmanuel. They won't call him Emmanuel. They say that is Jesus, Emmanuel. That's Jesus, God with us. Do you understand? That's why in, the, in Isaiah they called him wonderful, marvelous, Prince of Peace, everlasting Father, mighty God. Because they knew that this man was the fullness of God in the flesh. It's just absolutely incredible how God has done this. Then Joseph, aroused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took him to him his wife. And he did not know her till she had brought forth her firstborn son. And he called his name Jesus. Now after, wise men from the east, let's, let's carry on. Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod, the king, behold, wise men from the east come to Jerusalem saying, where is he? Now, where is, isn't this amazing? Yet again, the supernatural. He must have been, he's gone over to this east, he's affected people, he's, he's spoke to them, he's given them, give them a vision of seeing a star and they've got to follow it and they're going to find the king of the earth. Isn't it just, it's just so different. 
different. Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. And it doesn't matter what we think they are. Whether they're wise men, whether they're kings, whether they're astrologers, and, and everyone's tried to do everything. It's irrelevant. Three people come from miles away following the star, following a star to see the king of the earth. Incredible. I know it just is because beyond uh, our thoughts, doesn't it? Well, when Herod the king of oh, his flesh, when Herod the king heard, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. Well, what, what's this? What are they? What are they saying? And when he had gathered all the chief priests, this is so all these are the top men in the Jewish Jewish nation, all the priests and all the scribes, and he got them all together. And when he had gathered them, he said. Where is this Christ to be born in this, this Christ? So, you know, so we, they know. They know a Messiah's coming. It's crazy stuff. Where? So they said to him, in Bethlehem of Judea. And thus it is written by the prophet. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not the least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Yet again, another, another prophecy from hundreds of years before fulfilled. And we know it happened, don't we? Shepherds. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around. The glory of the Lord, it would have just been this incredible brightness all around, seeing this angel in the middle of it. And behold, it stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around, and they were greatly afraid. Every time, everyone was frightened. Why? Because it's not natural. It's supernatural. Why are we frightened of the supernatural? Get a bang in the house in the dark. Do we jump? When the f fire cracks unexpectedly, <laughs> do we jump? Why do we have that? Crazy, because it's in us. We are a spiritual being inside. Amen. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. Here we are. Come on, come on, folk. Great tidings of joy. happiness. Come on. Something to look forward to. No matter what's going on, God's still going to give you joy. <laughs> Hallelujah. For there is a born to you this day in the city of David a Saviour, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes lying in a manger. Oh, this is prophecy. Amazing how it's all come together. And suddenly there was a multitude with the angel, a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, A multitude, come on, how many is a multitude? Was there a multitude down Villa Park on Saturday? 42,000. Let's just do that for 42,000 other angels appeared in the sky. Amen. It would look incredible. Crying. Glory to God in the highest and on earth. Peace and goodwill to all men. What a promise of God. What we can have. 
and goodwill from who? Isn't that amazing? Why, how can he love us like this? Another little one, Simeon. Simeon was waiting outside the temple. He was given a prophecy that he would never die until he's seen, until he's seen um, the salvation of Israel. And off he was there. Another prophecy, prophecy to Simeon. He's never going to die. An old chap stands by the temple every single day waiting for the salvation of Israel to come. And as soon as he came, he knew it was Jesus. And he said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace. According to your word, for my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared before the face of all peoples, a light to bring revelation to the Gentiles and the glory to your people, Israel. Isn't it amazing stuff? It's the supernatural. That's what this Christmas is. So Christmas is a celebration. A most wonderful celebration of God's plan from the beginning of time until the end of the age that he will send a child, a supernatural child born of the Spirit to this earth to release people from all the sin, the anger, the violence, the poorness. You know, we're supposed to be helping the poor we are and you have been given much, he's expected much. And so he sent him all for this reason to change the evil world that it is from the sin that we're in and everywhere we look there's sin everywhere we look there's violence and and disgusting behaviour by creatures that don't care about anyone else but God cared so much that he brought this son Jesus Christ into the world to take away sin from every single person in the earth no matter where you've been no matter what you've done no matter what sin no matter what unbelief you've had. He's come to show his great love for his creation. And through this will never stop until the end comes. And this is why this Christmas we must look at the story of our Jesus Christ but not as a story anymore. As a fact to someone that God sent someone to save this disgusting, dark, greedy, immoral, violent world. No wonder he said, peace and goodwill are come to give to all men. The birth of Jesus Christ and his life was the fulfillment of over 400 prophecies going right back to Abraham where he told him there will be a time that God will live with his people. And he said to him, whoever blesses Israel, I will bless. Whoever finds God, God will bless him. Father, today, we just want to thank you, Lord. We want to thank you for your word, Father. For your word, Father, because you know, Lord, without that word, Father... We'd all be so lost and living with no hope. Oh, yeah, we can strive, but no hope, Father. Because, Father, this is real. This is a historical account of our Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible is a historical account.
account of God's creation. His methodologies, the way that he did to Jesus Christ to, to open up God to every creature upon the earth. And everyone who should believe shall be filled with the Holy Ghost, baptized in his name, and take part in the heavenly kingdom upon earth, where we shall all be joined together, and then we will, will help the poor. We will sacrifice our time. And, and what sacrifice is it? It's no sacrifice. It's sacrificing our flesh, getting rid of our, our inhibitions, getting rid of, 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 of not doing the work of Christ, and yet just going out and just being nice people, good people, telling people there's more to life than we see, looking at people and praying for them, Father. That's what you said, pray for one another, pray for every man. That's what you tell us, pray for the government, pray for one another. Father, this gospel's of love. And it's your love. It's your love you sent him. It's your love of having this special son, the only one begotten of the Spirit. And you sent him for a short life to have him killed. Disgustingly, painfully, have all these people against him, mock him. Work against him, hate him, blaspheme him, as they do today. But you sent him to give us hope for our future, every single one of us. So, Father, today, let us remember when Wednesday comes, even if we have communion on our own, let's take it, Father, and just remember this is true. This is real. And let's get ready for a new year in Jesus Christ. Father, we thank you. Bless us, we pray, as we sing our last hymn. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name.